Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 329. We've got a guest today. We're going to be talking with Mike Majette, PGA instructor, and it's going to tie in really well with what we talked about last week, we talked about that club path through the ball. That's right. Uh, Mike has a great drill, super easy drill, probably the least expensive training aid you're ever going to see in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, we'll save that for a second. But he he had it on the on Golficity. He put together a great video for us on how you can fix no matter where your club path is, in to out, out to in. He's got a little something you can do, and he's just making it simple. So we're going to talk about that as well as a bunch of other instructional stuff. Yeah, That's I love. It's going to be exciting. I love having the instructors on the show because, like you said we get that one juicy nugget yeah you know then this instructional piece like frank said it's a great tip that you can all use and mike is one of the instructors that has come on to golficity recently as a contributor so keep an eye out on the website as mike is going to be contributing a lot of great helpful topics along the way for sure mm-hmm. and if you're new to the show you guys uh, might not know um for any of you who've been with us for a while, you know that Mike and I, were not instructors. We're not professionals. We are mid-level level handicappers. We just like learning the game and then sharing what we learned here. So our hope is that if we learn something, maybe you learn a little bit along with us. Um, but that's why once in a while, I like to sprinkle the pros in. You know, I like to, I like to get that insight. So it's, as much as it's fun each week for us to decompress what's working, what's not for us in our own golf games and trying to... Sh- kind of disseminate the different things that we're learning as we go on our journey learning this game it's also great to once in a while to, to inject that you know professional uh insight and so it's going to be it's going to be fun to, to get that from mike so we'll bring him on in a second um frank before, by the way not to cut you off yeah. but also if you're listening to this in the car if you discover the podcast just through podcasts or whatever there is a website golficity.com there is a very very awesome website out there you know that you can see the show if you don't if you're just like i said if you're just listening to the podcast go check it out because there's so much stuff on this we got a lot of great writers uh with all kinds of equipment reviews and things like that so definitely check it out you know over the seven years we've been doing this we've amassed probably 300 different instructional articles or more on there as well as in the golficity app so that's a good point definitely check that out uh before we start to dig into everything of course i want to thank this week's sponsor titleist look if you've been on a launch monitor you know your numbers you know your ball speed you know your carry distance as you know your spin rates well here's the good news the new titleist avx can help you improve on all those numbers because it's been redesigned with a new larger core and a thinner cover for more speed and increased greenside spin and control it's advanced technology to advance your game learn more about the new avx at titleist.com and yes you're going to say it i was gaming them last yeah, I was gonna say you were dabbling with them i, I saw sure them was. out there the, I, look i like the avx uh, you know Two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, since you know, been playing the Pro V1, but then with the release of the uh, the 2020 AVX, you know, getting a little bit more distance as they talk about that thinner that thinner uh, cover and, and just being able to get a little bit more speed out of it, even though it's still an incredibly soft feel. Mm-hmm. It's been uh, it's been performing well for me. So, knock on so wood. Keep it in play, man. I'm gonna keep you know tooling around with it. But you guys gotta check it out. Go to Titleist.com. Learn about all about the brand new 2020 AVX. Um, Okay, so we won't take up too much time. Normally, we like to talk about a couple different things. There's some stuff that's going on that's that's going to be fun. We've got a couple new videos coming out, the Mulligan match play. That was so fun. Which was a lot of so fun. fun. And, and yet again, not only was it just a fun little challenge, you learn so much about your golf game. Mm-hmm. We both learned a lot about our golf game. Oh, yeah going out there and, and and i won't spoil it for you because that video should be out any day now but keep an eye on the golf app or the youtube channel and you'll be able to see the mulligan match play it's gonna be a lot of fun but i want to dig into 
this week's Twitter tapping. <laughs> I'm laughing already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's funny. But look, this week's Twitter tapping is brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, week two and golf is here to stay. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big cash prizes don't have to be. So add to the excitement. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. It's easy to play. You just pick six golfers. You stay under the salary cap and submit your lineup before the tournament team off on Thursday. Then you just sit back, watch the action, and hope your players uh, do well. And look, mm-hmm. the more numbers they, the more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. So rack up points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Uh, in a time of limited sports, this is your chance to scratch that competitive itch and reign supreme. Right. So download the DraftKings app now. Make sure you guys use code TGB. TGP20, the golf podcast 20 during sign up. Uh, this week, DraftKings is putting you the action with a free shot at millions of prizes. Again, you got to use code TGP20 to get that free shot at millions of dollars in prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com I, for details. I love that DraftKings is doing the million dollars like every week now. Every week. They have seven for the majors. Now it's like every time I log in, I'm like, what am I missing? And that must be for a couple of weeks from now, major or something yeah, like no, that. It's no, this it's week. every week. I love it. Yeah, get <laughs> in there. That million bucks every week. Yeah, right. It's wild. Um, all right. Tell everybody why you're laughing for this week's Twitter tap in. I'm laughing at this one because not many people responded <laughs> for a good reason. <laughs> okay. For the reason that they don't want to get caught. They don't want to get caught. They don't want to give away their it's, excuse. So this week for the Twitter tap in, we, Twitter tap in, we asked, what is the best excuse you ever used to play golf? And did it work? So I think maybe the did it work was what really held people back yeah, from answering. I think so. I think so. I think They're like, right. hey, my wife reads this thing, man. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. not going to respond. <laughs> and where we usually have about 30 to 40 responses, we have about two. Two. <laughs> As of when we're recording this, we have about Appropriately. two. Uh, um, so let's jump into it. Sure. Uh, you know, first, Gary, Gary uh, Ganji says, it's always for charity. I like that. That's an easy one. Yeah, and you know what? Often it is. Often is. Might be the charity of, you know, you just giving me money. Right. But <laughs> it could be. It could be. What is it? The, that makes the, sense. The, what was it in Seinfeld? The human The human league? fund. The human fund. <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing for today? The human fund. Yeah, the fund. human fund. Uh, and then Soren Moak says, I told my wife I couldn't sleep uh, as she was in the hospital after having her first child. Oh, here we go. I haven't ago. read this yet. I haven't read it either. And um, as I'm reading this, I'm wondering if I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Two weeks ago. So I went to the range at 6 a.m., told her it was closed, so I played nine. I had to book the round the day prior to celebrate, shot my best score, and made it in time for the visiting hours. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so great. Wow. Hey. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> he made it back for visiting. He made it back, though. I'm just thinking I don't think I'd ever play another round in my life if if I yeah. snuck out of the hospital while my wife is in that's there. That's brave. Yeah, that's a brave one. That's brave. That's a brave one. How I, about you? You got any I, good I excuses? I trying to think coming in here, and you know, I don't think I've ever had to make an excuse to well, play Well, you've got golf. such a built-in excuse. It's a built-in because it's for work. It's for work. It's for work. We're like, honey, I'm filming today. It's for work. It's for work. However, there were some times where I played some leisurely rounds with the buddies like after golf, and that's been, quote unquote, client golf. Mm-hmm. So maybe right. who's not in the foursome was a lie. Yeah. But it was still golf. Yeah. I so think I that kind of if, if we put out a poll somewhere, I'm sure that that's going to be high up there on the list of excuses is that you say, I got to do it. It's for, for work. work. And if it's for it's work, then it's oh, for work. Well, you got to do it. I, a go- I got a golf trip coming up. It's for work. Right. Yeah. But uh, I think for me more so, it, it's not so much the excuse, but when you when a round is taking a while which they all are right now because everything's slow with with covid and you can't play through and stuff like that right 
when uh, you get that call or text like, hey, do you know what time you're going to wrap it up? And no matter what, when you get that text, you're on the last hole. Right. You're just like, yeah, I'm on 18 now. Yeah, no matter what hole you're on. No matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. Like holes 14 through 18 are just 18 right. when it comes to that. Then text. you get home and it was like an hour and a half ago, you were just wrapping up. Right. Be like, oh, getting out of the lot. You yeah, know, the yeah, lot, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you say at that we point. We just keep going. <laughs> I, about, I had a point. drink. I didn't want to have a drink, but they told right. me I had to. So if any of you are brave enough to throw your own excuses in there, uh, drop them in the comments below and let us know what was your best excuse and or maybe your worst excuse. Because I love yeah. this. Did it work? Yeah. Who got caught? If it didn't work, tell us. <laughs> yeah. Who got caught? Who got caught? Right. Exactly. And then what was the <laughs> the consequences? Exactly. So, uh, so know, yeah, that great. one was fun. But I was laughing, too, when I only saw I only saw two responses. There's only two brave souls. Two brave souls out there. For that well, one. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for coming forward. Thanks, guys. All right. I don't want to keep Mike waiting because we've got a lot to talk to him about. So what do you say? Let's do a quick word from our sponsors, and then we're going to bring him on the show. Sure. So, guys, the all-new ShotScope V3s are coming July 6th. Remember that date. We've got ours. We played with them. We're a couple of rounds deep. We're obsessed. Love the features. You guys are going to see a ton of great videos from our channel about this watch in the coming weeks. Yeah, lots of information Stay to tuned. come. An yep. unboxing, a round played with it, You know, really in-depth. So check it out. Like I said, it's a couple weeks away. You heard the name if you've been listening to the show for a while, but if not, no worries. The ShotScope stat tracking watch now in two versions, the G3 with GPS only and the V3, which has the GPS plus that incredible stat tracking feature that we all love so much. But like I said, July 6th is your launch date. And if you want it when it drops, like they say in the biz, Frank, you want to get it when it drops, right? right. Just visit ShotScope.com right now. You're going to be on a landing page where you put in your emails to sign up. It's really the only thing you could do right now on the website. You put your email in. And then, boom, you're going to be notified the minute it drops, and then you can go and buy it. And once you get yours, you can join the Golf City leaderboard. The code is G-I-C-I-T-Y. This week, big shout-out to E. Bilko from the USA, who sits on top of the Golf City leaderboard for putting. Out of 339 people, get this, he ranks first with an average of 21 putts per round. Dude is lights out. <laughs> yeah, he is. Not dude playing or, him dude for money. Dude is lights out Wow. on the putting green. Wow, yeah. 21 putts per round. Average. Burying putts. Yeah. I love it. Good for you guys. Check out ShotScope. Make sure you get that V3 or G3 this year. Uh, and next, I just want to thank FootJoy. Of course, we talk about this all the time. Wearing the right golf shoe, it matters. It really does. That's why FootJoy offers more types of shoes for more types of players than anyone else. You can get matched with the right shoe now for your golf game at FootJoy.com with the FootJoy Shoe Finder by answering just a few questions. You can find the right shoe that fits your playing style and preference, whether you walk or ride, prefer cleats, spikeless, ultra-stable, flexible, wide, narrow, extra, extra wide, whatever your foot is, they got you covered. FootJoy has most styles for the most players. You can match uh, to the right golf shoe that's perfect for you. Now, does your golf shoe match your game? You might be thinking about that right now. If not, check it out. Find out that from the FootJoy Shoe Finder tool. Visit footjoy.com slash shoe finder today. And Frank... Speaking of foot joy, big shout out to Webb Simpson. Yeah. I had an interesting stat. He won yesterday at the RBC. Get this. Did you know? This is Mike's Did You Know. Okay. All right. Mike's two cents. Webb won the U.S. Open in 2012 on Father's Day. He won the Players' Championship on Mother's Day. <laughs> and he just won the RBC Heritage on Father's Day. Guys, don't bet against Webb on a holiday. That WGC's rolling around right around Halloween. My money's on Webb and, calling in right now. And he doesn't he, I think he has five kids. He's got, I think, five. It's either yeah. four or five kids. So. Yeah, man, that's just, that's his wheelhouse. He made his parents proud, and he's a proud parent himself. He's, he likes to win on those holidays. He does. That's when he comes to play. That's when he comes to play. I love it. So well, good. we know next year we'll bet on. Put him in your DraftKings lineup next year. Done. When it come, come Father's Day. 
done for sure. All right, let's bring Mike on the show. Let's talk a little bit about some some of what he's got going on. And talk a little bit about some some great easy tips and drills that you guys can use to to work out that swing path. All right, guys, we're going to bring on Mike Majette, Director of Instruction and Head PGA Pro at Park Ridge Golf Course, and now Golficity contributor. Mike, welcome to the Golf Podcast. Boys, thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, super excited to have you. And I, I tell you, I want to dig in in a minute and talk a little bit about that instructional piece you did on Golficity with using the bucket uh, as kind of a very you know accessible training aid. So I thought that was terrific. And it'll, it'll tie in well to what we talked about last week, which is a little bit about swing path. But before we do that, why don't you uh, just take a moment, just um, let our, our listeners know a little bit about yourself, who you are, and uh, how you got started, I guess, teaching the game. I'm going to try to give or keep this as short as possible. <laughs> um, grew up on Long Island, um, originally from Plainview. I grew up playing ice hockey. Uh, didn't have the size uh, when I was mid-teens, so kind of drifted away from hockey and picked up golf. I went to the 2002 U.S. Open at Bethpage. It's my first ever uh, PGA Tour event to watch. Went to the range after that, picked it up pretty quick, went to a summer camp in South Carolina, International Junior Golf Academy. They had a boarding school, so I finished high school in South Carolina, Did went to college, Coastal Carolina in Myrtle Beach, did their PGM program, graduated with a Class A PGA professional membership, um, stayed down there for a few years, was teaching and just playing the mini tours. Um, my coach now, and I'll get into that later, obviously, yeah, I'm a, I'm a golf instructor, but I also have a golf coach. I've been working with him since 2013. Um, he's based out of Myrtle beach, but I stayed there and went back to the hometown. I was working at sky drive in Farmingdale before they shut down, then moved over to Eisenhower, worked at Hempstead. Jeez, over. A little bit of everything. <laughs> yes, I worked at Hempstead as an assistant pro the last two years, and my family lived, um, moved to Florida. They moved to Fort Lauderdale about six or seven years ago. I'm the last one to make the move, um, and yeah, that's where I am now, full time. Moved Mike, here in January. Mike, what's going back a little bit to that mini tour life? What kind of a grind was that? I mean, uh, dude, it's it's still a grind. Um, still try to play the mini tours. Like back then, when I first started playing, um, I mean, you, you know, Patton Kazire is, sure. uh, mm-hmm. Roberto Diaz, I think even Keegan and Tony Finau were out there on the Hooters tour. It was like, it was booming. 140 guys per week. They had Monday qualifiers for certain events. Um, but yeah, just kind of, plunged i want to say it's just really mini tour golf isn't a very popular route um they used to give exemptions into a couple of pga tour events they don't anymore right. so maybe that's probably the reason why um it's also very expensive um or it can be i mean i haven't been out there in a couple of years i know the swing thought tour is doing some things um as far as cost effectiveness um they get it the minor league tour down here one two-day events just go out play 18 holes win some cash but it is it is a grind and because it's 
it, it's not as glamorous as the PGA Tour is, or even the, I mean, it's a grind on the Corn Ferry Tour as well, just to make money. Um, but everybody that does it is all in pursuit of one thing, and that's playing full time on the PGA Tour. Um, that's the that's the big show. Mm. So, just as in any other major sport, it's it's the same thing moving moving up. Yeah, and what what do you find is from from a personal standpoint? Because uh, it sounds like you know still doing a little bit of both. Do you have a preference of, of teaching the game versus playing it, or 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 what's your what kind of motivated you into doing some more of the the teaching aside? Because it, it just really is two different worlds in a lot of ways. It is, it is, and I know I mentioned that I had I have my own swing coach. Um, his name's Alistair Dyer. He's based in Barefoot in Myrtle Beach. Um, because if I were to look at my own swing, I wouldn't be able to play golf. <laughs> so I have him look at my swing and then I just look at everybody else's. Um, I, I mean, I love both, both parts of the game, competitive and teaching. There's just, there's two different, um, I guess two different levels of satisfaction that those two parts of the game, uh, you can get from like teaching having somebody improve within an hour and actually getting what we call the aha moment where it actually clicks. That's, I mean, that's, I, I go home feeling awesome yeah. or just as awesome as the student does. Um, birdieing the last three holes to win an event. It's, it's the same kind of feeling, but obviously it's more of a personal accomplishment and not like sharing it with a student. So Gotcha. And I want to, a point you raised there where you said, you know, you couldn't kind of look at your own swing. It would kind of put you down the wrong path. I'm wondering if this draws any connection between um, the instructional piece you did on Golficity recently. You started off by saying how you can kind of go down this wormhole if you self-diagnose. And you're saying, especially with swing path, just starting to like try every little quick fix that you find on the internet. Is that, are there a similarity there? Because there you had said uh, a good advice would be to start by speaking with a coach, have someone else take a look at your swing, see what you got going wrong, and then you can kind of design a training or a you know, training aid program that, to fix it. Is it a similar thing there that you just proponent of having someone else, another set of eyes look at the swing? Yes. Um, and I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure a bunch of your listeners have heard it. Feel versus real. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is it is and, and then to have a professional set of eyes on you um to give you that advice i mean it's fifty dollars probably for a half hour lesson mm -hmm. just to have somebody take a look at your swing or even if you even if you don't want to pay for a lesson just look at your swing because i guarantee you what you feel you are doing and what you actually are doing are two different things mm. um like it's, it's even, even at the highest level. I mean, look at, at Justin Rose. I watched a video. I think they showed him on the range at the heritage this week of, of explaining feel versus real, like what he does that, that drastic rehearsal where he's dropping his yes. arms, nothing else is moving. He's not actually doing that in his swing because when he adds rotation, the club gets to a much better, different position, mm -hmm. but he needs to feel that as he's rotating. Um, so that's, I mean, that's one example, but, um, yeah, it just the, the YouTube, <laughs> like, obviously I do YouTube, YouTube tips. It's very good as like 
to promote yourself um, on YouTube as an instructor. However, you can get eight different people explaining what over the top and how to counteract or fix over the top in 15 different ways. Yeah. Well, that's where as, as golfers, the resource is great to have that there's so much out there, but I think even just to save some time for yourself, like this is something that I personally like to do going and getting that lesson and just finding out how to narrow down that stream of information because otherwise you get on, it's just too wide. There's too much, there's too much out there. So once you have a, a a coach or a pro, somebody looks at it and says, Hey, this is what's going on here. Even within that, there's still going to be mountains of information, but at least you feel like you're, you're not chasing your tail. Yeah. And it's, if you're going to watch YouTube and you just, that's the way you want to learn. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I've seen some, some people are able to build their swing via YouTube stuff. However, everybody that I found that has watched YouTube and has gotten better has stuck to one instructor. Mm -hmm. They haven't gone from one, okay, I watched this video, Sean Foley did, and then Hank Haney said a different thing, I'm just naming, and then I saw uh, Butch Harmon, he did this, and just stick to one person or one coach on YouTube about, because they're, they're gonna communicate their own way yeah. and, um, pertaining to different parts of the game. Which makes okay. sense because we, we in real life we wouldn't do that. I wouldn't take a lesson, you know, in person with one guy one week and then another guy the next week. You know, you've been with your right. swing coach. How long did you say? 2013. Yeah, so there's you. You understand the benefit, I guess, of of working with one person there. Uh, yeah, it's it's very very important. So I wouldn't say shy away from YouTube, but as far as going down the rabbit hole and watching four different instructors explain how to fix what over the top is, absolutely avoid that at all costs, please. It's <laughs> yeah. a good point. And I, I want to talk a little bit about that with the swing path and, and kind of using that as a segue with swing path. There is no kind of 100% right way for everyone. Correct. Because I, I think sometimes I, like for instance, I'm I'm recently I'm reading like Ben Hogan's book and he talks about the importance of being from, you know, inside out or rather than, you know, outside in. And he he's a proponent of that. But that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean like there's no limitations on that, right? You can still be too, you know, inside out or or vice versa. What's your take on that? Cuz I'd love to hear your uh your experience with it. So, I always tell I always give this example to a student who seems experienced and just wants to get better. He, he or she, they'll come to me and they'll say, well, I see they do this or that. There are a thousand different ways to swing the golf club, mm. correct? You look on TV, you got all these different swings between Bubba, Brooks, Dustin, Rory, Tiger, Jordan Spieth, J Justin Thomas, all those guys their swings are pretty different, correct? Yeah, for sure. And you're going to have some people that like to play the fade. Some people like to play the draw. Um, however, there are, as far as attack angle, yes, those should those numbers should be pretty similar. But as far as club path, obviously you don't want like a seven degree in to out or vice versa. Mm -hmm. But you can play the game from either side of, of the path or of the ball. Um, 
So I wouldn't really, I mean, I like inside out, but that's just that that's, I've always been a fan of the draw. The draw has always just come easy to me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I can't stand the hook. So once I start getting inside out, I actually, I said it in that, that drill that you were talking, the YouTube video. Um, that's, that's easy to me getting it inside out, um, outside in. I mean, I can hit, you can hit a cut but it's more like a block cut. It's not like a real fade, a fade. You want to start a little left and fade it towards the target. Um, so there's also a a couple of different ways where you can move the ball left to right and right to left. It's just a matter of if it starts at the target and draws left, or if it's starting right of the target and draws in. You understand? Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So when, what would be your process with, let's say a student comes to you or even for, for our listeners, if they're working with a coach, what should they expect as far as if they approach a situation with they're, they're going to have some sort of natural swing path to start with? Uh, should it, would a coach work within that, or are you? Is there going to be a situation where you're going to try to change that? Let's say if somebody is uh, inside out, are you going to try to move them to outside in, or are you going to work within that and just try to bring it into a more controlled space? This is an awesome question. So most of my – I'm not teaching tour players. Most of my students that come to me just want to get better. Right. So for me to change their swing to an from an inside-out to an outside-in path, I'd be – I mean, if if they like me, they like hanging out with me, they're more than welcome to (laughs) – Pay me for the lessons, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit there and try to change, change their swing that much. Gotcha. I'm going to take with. I'm going to take what they gave me, work with it, and just make it better. Um, most of the time, uh, I, I'd honestly say about eighty percent of my lessons have to do with alignment, grip, posture, and weight transfer. If, it, if I could simplify or correct all any four of those or all four of those within an hour, it's almost guaranteed a success. Um, one of the most common, I don't know why, but one of the most common things within the last year and a half, everybody's talking about weight transfer. Or am I transferring my weight? Um, I really, really need everybody to stop worrying about weight transfer. <laughs> Because that causes so much hip, lateral hip movement Mm. where they're trying to shift their hips instead of actually turn. I'm a bit, I'm not a stack and tilt guy, but I have a, I have a sort of a methodology where I try to keep their, their weight over the golf ball and just have their shoulder turn behind the ball and keeping just trying to keep them over the, my students over the ball and have them turn their shoulders trying to keep their weight centered it just simplifies almost everything your weight is going to transfer if you are rotating mm. so you're saying you're seeing a lot of a slide motion because people have that thought that like again going back to like the feel versus real they want to feel that they're moving their weight and they're actually sliding which is that's a first way to lose power really correct Correct. You lose power. You lose consistency. You lose um, speed. Just it, it requires a whole lot of effort. So once I get some students to start 
turning and understand how to turn their upper body against their lower body and sort of separating the two because that's going to lead to a little bit more speed and they finally get it. I usually tell them to swing around 50%. Mm. And when they do that and stripe it, like, oh my God, that felt like I didn't even hit it. Right. Okay. Stop trying to swing so hard. <laughs> it, it is it, like miraculous how much diminishing returns there are. When it's you counterintuitive. It really it, is. And I, is that just because at those, well, I would say, quote unquote, slower speeds, you're just, you're getting better contact. You're more efficiently transferring the power to the ball. Is that why that that's like that? Yes. And now we're going to have to call up Bryson to talk. Oh yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Get the <laughs> but, scientist on the line. Yeah. But for real, like the, the tighter you grip the club, the less it actually weighs when you're swinging it. Mm-hmm. So if I can get somebody to lighten up and make these 50, 40 to 50% swings, tension automatically leaves their body and gives the club more momentum. And then once they make that center contact or anywhere close, they're like, I've never felt anything like that. And it literally didn't feel like I hit a golf ball. Because you know, I mean, you know the difference between a thin shot and something off the toe or off the heel. If you give it a little bit more freedom with your hands and free up a little bit of tension, it feels a little bit better. And if you hit it solid, obviously that's what everybody's searching for. But <laughs> Yeah, it is it is a shocking feeling. I know Mike, you've been experiencing it a lot lately where you've been just kind of slowing down your your tempo and your rhythm mm-hmm. and the ball's going further, but you feel like you're swinging it not if, nearly as much. Not nearly as much. And then when I do end up pulling it, I then quickly realize that I put a little too much into that. Yeah. I swung a little bit too quick. Uh, but but lately it's just been like instant feedback on it, right? You know, but uh, but yeah, absolutely. So, what other types of of I guess drills and things do you do with your students to kind of promote a little bit more of that you know feel versus real and and give them, I guess, the feedback that they need to get into that that rhythm and that position. Hundreds of practice swings. We don't. I don't hit a lot of golf balls, or they don't like. I don't let my students hit a lot of golf balls, unless they're so I'm going to break down a lesson. Guy comes to me. I see that he's got a grip, a death grip on the golf club. Once I see that, I don't ask them anything. I'll just walk up and pretty much just line up next to them and ask them to start their backswing. Once I grab their club, if I can't move it and their wrists are – they're moving their upper body and it feels like rebar. <laughs> right. To, then we, we do some just little – pitch shots where it feels like the club is going to fly out of their hands. And I'll obviously just stand there, give them feedback. Okay, that was good, but I need you holding it looser, loose, loose, loose. And then they get that, that one that clicks and they're like, Oh my God, I feel like I didn't even swing. Mm. So once we start with that, then we add just a little bit of shoulder rotation and, and sync it up that way. So if somebody's got grip tension, problems then that's what we do we just try to free it up and really because i'll stand in front of them and do it with them and if they're not matching me then we're not hitting balls yet um so that's pretty much the process when i see somebody gripping it too tight gotcha but otherwise you're saying you can do a lot of work without even hitting the ball you're saying just a lot of just what are you doing just kind of getting alignment six getting them to alignment and just just yes watching them swing type of thing yeah, there's always lime and sticks on my teaching tee because 
alignment is another i mean we're gonna we're gonna talk for hours if we keep going but alignment alignment can definitely cause a lot of your swing flaws because say you may not realize it but your body could be lined up to the right or the left of your target but when you're when you look up at your target you don't really care where your body is it's just a matter of where you're looking in your mind subconsciously it knows that your body's nowhere near aimed properly and you sort of it just compensates during the swing you either try to push it out or you try to pull it back online and i see it over and over and over um so if you guys go practice definitely work on your alignment just throw an alignment stick down set your body up parallel to that alignment stick and boom it's not even a thought that's how you train your eye to line up properly and I'm glad you said that because that, that's kind of what I was driving at for our listeners. If they can get like one quick takeaway, I mean, everybody loves something that they can work on at home. And that's when, when you said, you know, you can do a lot of work without actually hitting a ball. That's mm-hmm. what kind of lit me up a little bit because I'm thinking, okay, there's a way that people who are limited on time, limited on resources can still work on their game a bunch at home. So, you know, something as much as you're saying, get that alignment right and just get used to that feel. Am I saying that right? Yes. And it's kind of funny. I don't have the shirt on me, which is unfortunate, but I just, everybody that, not everybody, but most common phrase, my practice swing is perfect. Right, right, right. Because there's nothing in the way or there's nothing for you to hit. It's very free. So you're not worried about hitting anything. You're just, okay, boom, I'm just going to swing. That felt good. Mm. Put a T or get a a wiffle ball, or even if you just roll up a napkin, it's some you're you're aiming at hitting something. So you can't. I, I if you're gonna make those practice swings and do work at home, put something in the way just for feedback. Gotcha. Yeah, I I, I always like to hear that when people say just take your normal swing and just let the ball get in the way, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> right. If it only were that easy. If only. If only is right. But yeah, so that seems like that seems like a good way to go about it as far as just getting at home and just getting those swings in order. I know even for myself, uh, so many golfers, especially at that amateur level, are after more consistency. I think it's probably the second thing you probably hear after distance. Everyone's like, I just want to be more consistent. And I've found that recently a big hindrance to my consistency is finding that my swing is built on too many compensations. Like if I, I if you don't start in the right, whatever it may be, the alignment, whatever, something has to happen where I have to compensate for it in the swing. And that's why some days I will shoot a great score and the next day it'll be terrible because it's just one day my compensations are clicking and the -hmm. next day they're not. So I've been trying to put work into just simplifying the swing and get back to the fundamentals. Um, So, I mean, that's a takeaway for me. I'm going to definitely work on that with the alignment stick more at home because I'm sure there are times I'm misaligned, especially once you go out to the golf course and now you throw those other dynamics at it, side hill lies, downhill lies, you know, that's where even more so your alignment comes into play. Yeah. And my, my buddy Johnny and I talked about that. Like we get people, how do you hit off a downhill lie, this, that, and the other thing. There's really no book on how to hit those shots because if the ball is below your feet, yes, it's supposed to go to the right. But I've hit plenty of pulls off of those lies. So there's no, like, there's no book on those. That's just, playing the game and becoming experienced and finding out what your tendencies are. Right. Gotcha. 
That's cool. And listen, I don't before I don't want to let you go before we get a chance to talk a little bit about this. Um, I'm going to link to the video so everybody can see it. Uh, you guys can get to that in the show notes because I know it's, sometimes it's it's much easier, obviously, to see it than just describe it. But um, referencing the drill that you did for us with the uh, the bucket, can you just tell us a little bit about the basic setup of that and why that can help? Um, yeah, all you need is a range bucket. So if you're my path, a little too far inside out. So what I'm going to do is I put it in front of the golf ball. So I'm a right-handed golfer. It'll be in line with my left foot. So that'll encourage me to sort of come outside to in or across the ball. And it's just a drill. It's just a feeling. I just, I rehearse in slow motion, just trying to get the club more outside my hands into a better delivery position on the way down. Delivery position is pretty much halfway down your downswing. Um, if you come over the top, so you would put it with in line with your trail foot in the way. Um, because if you come over the top, you're going to hit that bucket. So the, the club will be inclined to be more on an inside out path. Okay. If you are, if you are an over the top swinger or you, you swing the club over the top, I would definitely number one, encourage you to try to hit push shots and a push shot is just something straight right so you line up to your target it's just going in a straight line to the right mm. that's how you fix your path okay so inside out club face is square to that path that's where the bucket in front of your right foot will come in then once you start to square it up it'll start to hit you'll start to hit draws nice high draws um but yeah i mean i always like to practice with something if i'm trying to change something in my swing. Mm -hmm. I always like to practice with something in the way, physically or visually. Mm -hmm. It starts with physically in the way and then you progress it to visually because it doesn't need to be there if you're changing if you're changing it enough. Gotcha. So you say cuz that bucket is like basically it's all you need to give your body that visual feedback is saying just avoid the bucket. Right. Don't yeah. it, <laughs> you avoid know. The bucket. I got yes. it. I was just going to say Mike, and if you're outside in or if you're coming across it too much, are you just simply moving the bucket to the back foot? Is it that simple? It is that simple. Okay. Um, now obviously there are going to be some body movements that I would look at if we were doing a lesson. Um, but like I I encourage you to practice in slow motion so you can sort of feel what your body needs to do because the golf swing happens way too fast so try to feel what what kind of feedback your body's giving you while you're getting the club on a better path and then just gradually speed it up um it's not going to take 50 balls it's not going to take 100 if you've been swinging the same way for 15 10 15 years yeah um, it's going to take some work but more effective quantitative or qualitative practice rather than quantity yeah it makes a lot of sense i remember somewhere along the line an instructor once told me if you can't do the move at 30 percent, you know where no way you're doing it at full speed so Boom. yeah i mean that's that's just it for me it's just saying like i, I gotta be able to master it at slow speeds for it's like anything in life i mean you wouldn't yeah. just jump into to 
any other skill with two feet, you know, at full speed, you're going to go start slow. So it's, it's an anomaly to me that uh, us as golfers so many times, <laughs> we just go out there and rip right. it, you right. know, mm-hmm. even with something new, something new. So. Look, it's like snowboarding, skiing, skateboarding, whatever. Right. You, you're going to, you got to learn, you got to take your time. Um, I'm not saying the golf swing is as easy as jumping on a skateboard, but you get exactly what you just said. You got to kind of take it step by step, take it step by step. And then I think just kind of tying that in before anyone does dive into that drill again, which we'll link to the video so everybody can take a, take a watch. And you even say it in the video again, kind of first get your starting point of, of what is wrong, possibly by working with a coach, because otherwise you could end up you know, just because you may think that your, your swing path is a certain way. And then you start putting in this drill. And if it, if it's not the reality, and I just know that, cause even for myself, I thought my swing path was one direction. It took a lesson to realize it was, I was actually doing the other thing or some combination. You know, I found that I was starting off fairly uh, shallow and then getting steep towards the top, which would cause me to kind of lift up and flip at the end. So there's dynamics at play here that it does help getting that extra set of eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it just, it would take 30 minutes. Yeah. Just make sure that they, I mean, everybody says, okay, there's hands-on learners and visual learners. Hands down, if you have a video, if you can get your swing on video and show it to somebody, or if they can video your swing and tell you what you're doing wrong, I highly, highly, highly recommend um, having a pro look at your swing on video first. For sure. And hey, that's the benefit of, of being golfers today. We've all got a video camera in our pocket, so yes. it's easy enough to, to record yourself. But yes. um, all right, Mike, before we let you go, tell our listeners a little bit more other than, you know, on Golficity and some of the, the great stuff you've been doing for us. How can they find out a little bit more about you, a little bit more about your teaching philosophy and possibly get in contact with you? Website is www.mikey.golf. Um Everything's on there, all the stuff I work with and stuff I believe in, training aids and all that. Um, at Mikey.golf on Instagram. Um, I mean, I have a Facebook. I'm just very active on, on Instagram. Um, I have a YouTube. Those, All of that is on my website. So www.mikey.golf or at Mikey.golf on Instagram. Terrific. Yeah. And we'll link to all those in the show notes. If you guys are driving or whatever, we can have, you can get back and reference and find all those links. Uh, Mike, it's been great having you on the show. We appreciate you taking the time and uh, we look forward to, uh, to more to come from you on Golficity and all the instructional pieces, because like I said, I learned a lot just watching that quick uh, 10 minute video you threw together. I'm looking forward to posting some more stuff. I got some more stuff coming your way and hopefully I can come back uh, while well, I'm getting married in October. So I'll be in New York. Uh, around we'll get together congrats Congrats. was that the original date or were you one of the many who was pushed off by uh covid original date Ah, original okay good well i hope i hope everything works out well for that and and congrats and yeah if you're up here this way maybe we'll even get around in for sure yeah we'll go bug johnny at old oaks perfect we're in (laughs) (laughs) don't have to twist our arm (laughs) all right right, great chatting with you we'll talk to you soon thanks mike 
All right, like I said at the top of the show, I always like to get that different insight, get different instructors on the show. It's Like I said, it's fun every week for us to talk about the instructional stuff that we're learning as we go and where we learn it, um, but also just getting the insight and, and being able to, for me, being able to bounce some of that stuff we talked about last week about Swing Path yeah. uh, off of him. It just kind of validated in a lot of ways for me my own thinking of what I had said and saying that it doesn't necessarily mean you need to change. We talked about that in the last episode. We said there's a certain degree that your natural swing path is going to be your natural swing path. Sure. You want to work within the parameters of of a good swing, but um, just because for example, you know, your favorite tour pro, you know, swings a little bit inside out and you're the other direction. doesn't mean you have to work against that because as you could hear in Mike's voice, the, the amount of work it takes to, to rework that much of your mechanics is quite a bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I feel spoiled with all these great instructors that come on the show because I, I just, know. like I said before, we just get a little piece. And, you know, that drill, how easy. Everyone can do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm definitely going to give it a try because I, I want to try a couple of things. But, you know, I love it. Dude, the more the merrier. Bring them on. You can never have too much instruction. For sure. And I think, if nothing else, what we're developing is, is a, a good methodology uh, for somebody, especially, I know there's a lot of people who are very new to the game listening to the show, and I think it's a great starting point because this game, there's so much to it that it can be so confusing and overbearing of where do I start. And I think that this is a great thing that that Mike was saying is like even if you start with just that 30 minute lesson, 30 minute time commitment, um, 30 minutes with with your local pro shouldn't be too cost prohibitive cost prohibitive and you get there and just start with that baseline rather than kind of guessing and then we are living in a time it's fortunate enough to have so many resources free resources you know i i I love and i've learned so much from watching you know instructors on youtube some of our favorites you know that are out there Mm -hmm. i I still you know every once in a while i'll jump back to a a me and my golf video from years ago you know it's evergreen stuff it's there it's the you know or, or any of the great instructors that are out there um, but just first kind of knowing the general direction that you need to go because we're all so different as golfers and we all swing so differently, r- instead of just trying to do a one-size-fits-all piece of instruction, if you can start with that, just get a little bit of information of what you need to work on and then narrow your search down to that. Say, okay, I've determined that this is what's generally wrong with my swing. Maybe it's alignment, for example. Mm-hmm. Then you can dive into some instruction on alignment, but rather than just kind of broadly going at it and just kind of seeing what sticks. I think you'll save yourself time in the long run. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you can get to the show notes of everything we talked about by going to golfisty.com slash episode 329. Definitely give him Mike a look, uh, his Instagram account, give him a follow, his website. Uh, He's got a lot of great stuff out there. And and again, it just becomes one more uh, great free resource that you can use. So we appreciate Mike coming on the show. It's great to, you know, get a chance to talk to an instructor, as we said, and, uh, we appreciate all of you, as always, following along and uh, listening to the show week after week. If you're listening to us on iTunes, make sure you guys give us a quick review. We love to see those. We love to re- read those reviews. And it's a great way for us to grow the show. And uh, we'll be back again next week. We've got some great guests in the next couple of weeks rolling right. out. So uh, stay tuned for that. Make sure you hit the subscribe button, and we'll see everybody again next week.